Overview of the Temple The temple is located at a place called Mariamalai Nagar which is a suburb of Chengalpatu. The place where the temple stands is known as Padaladri which is also known as Singapurmal Coil in the local lingo. How the temple came into existence The temple was built by the first Pallava ruler Mahendravarman, I to commemorate his victory over the western Ganga dynasty of Kalyani, modern-day Bijapur in Karnataka, and Rashtrakutas of Gamantaka, present-day Konkan Maharashtra and Goa. It is a cave temple which is a trademark of the Pallava architecture. The Rockfort Temple in Trichy was also built on the same model of this temple. This temple is dedicated to Lord Narasimha. Now that we know about the temple, let us understand how Lord Narasimha came into prominence. In order to know the story of Lord Narasimha, we also need to know the reason behind this incarnation of Lord Vishnu. Story of Narasimhavatara Once Didi, the daughter of Daksha Prajapati, who had married the sage Kashyapa and was eager to obtain a son, sought the company of her husband. While it was only dusk, stung by the darts of love. Having just finished offering oblations of rice boiled in milk to the Supreme Person, the Lord of Sacrifices, who has the flames of fire for his tongues, the sage sat absorbed in deep meditation in the shrine of fire, knowing that the sun was about to set. At that time, Didi requested for her husband's company for having offsprings. Sage Kashyapa said I shall presently gratify you by granting your wish O timid one. I shall do my best to grant this desire of yours for offspring. But please wait for an hour or so as it is an ominous hour. It is that hour of the day when Lord Rudra, the destroyer of the world returns to Mount Kailash on his favorite bull Nandi with his retinue of Buddhas and Pachas, ghosts, with his matted hair spread and soiled with the ashes of the cremation ground and a garland of skulls around his neck. So please wait and your wish shall be fulfilled. However, Didi was obstinate and immediately wanted to have the seed. Thus, she grabbed the sage by his robes and decided to do the prohibited act. Once she had done it, Didi felt ashamed of the sin that she had incurred and with her face cast down addressed him by saying let not Lord Rudra, who is foremost of all holy things destroy the seed in my womb because I have committed an offense against him. May the Almighty Lord Shiva be gracious unto me. To this sage Kashyapa said since your mind was impure, the hour unworthy and you transgressed my command and disregarded the gods, a pair of wicked and unworthy sons will be born to you, sons that will make the three worlds as well as their protectors cry again and again. When the world will be unable bear their deeds, Lord Vishnu will come down and slay them. But since you feel sorry and have remorse for your actions, one of the four sons of your elder son will prove worthy of esteem even for holy men. People will sing his fair renown along with the Lord's glory. He will be a great devotee of the Lord, magnanimous, high-souled, and the noblest of the noble. Installing Lord Vishnu in his heart, purified through intense devotion, he will give up his, false, identification with the body. A mind of good qualities, he will have no attachment to the pleasures of sense, and will be steadfast in virtue. He will feel delighted at the prosperity of others and will be grieved to see others in trouble. Regarding none as his enemy, he will rid the world of its sorrows even as the moon relieves the heat of summer. Nay, your grandson will behold, in his heart, through meditation, as well as outside, the lotus, I Lord, who is immaculate, by nature, who assumes forms according to the wishes of his own devotees, whose countenance is adorned with brilliant earrings and who is the ornament of goddess Sri, the embodiment of womanly charms. Hearing this, Didi was very much pleased. But she kept the two seeds in her womb for a very long time fearing the chaos that would erupt in the world. However, that could not be prolonged due to the incidents happening in the heavens. 
Once upon a time, the four mind, born sons of Lord Brahma known as the Nakumaras went to the realm of Lord Vishnu. They crossed the first six gates easily. When they reached the seventh gate, they were stopped by Jaya and Vijaya, the guards of Lord Vishnu. Looking at the two guards of Lord Vishnu in anger, the sages pronounced this curse upon them. Sages, O oh, dim-witted guards of Vishnu! Nowhere in this place have we any time been stopped by anyone from worshipping our Lord Vishnu. You are not fit to be here. Thus, we curse you that from this day onwards may you be born as demons for three births. To this the guard said, You have meted out to us a punishment which is but meet for an offender, let it, therefore, take effect, so that it may purge us in lieu of the sin of showing disrespect to the Lord, by insulting you, who are worthy of his respect. But if you feel the least compunction, in your heart, due to compassion for us, let us not fall a prey to infatuation that may efface from our mind the memory of the Lord when we descend into the lower regions. On hearing the curse, Lord Vishnu immediately rushed to the scene. When the sages saw Lord Vishnu, they sang his praises. After that Lord Vishnu said, It is I who should apologize for the words spoken by you to my servants. I had ordained it when you spoke to them. I would be interested in knowing what they would be in their three births and how their liberation will be. The sages replied in their first birth, Jaya and Vijaya will be the demons Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakashipu. They will be slayed by you when you manifest as Varahavatara and Narasimhavatara. During their second birth, they will be the demons Ravana and Kumbhakarna and will be killed by you in the incarnation as Rama. In their final birth, they will be the demons Sishupala and Dandavaktra and will be slayed at your hands incarnated as Krishna. After this they will return to your realm. Lord Vishnu said, So be it. On hearing this, the sages left the abode of Lord Vishnu. After that, Lord Vishnu comforted the guards by saying the following words depart, from this place, but fear not, may all be well with you. Though capable of nullifying the Brahmana's curse, I would not do so, on the contrary, it has my approval. It had already been pronounced by Rama, Lakshmi, who was angry with you when you on a previous occasion stopped her entry at the door while I was buried in my Yoganidra, deep samadhi or trance. Absolved from the sin of insulting the Brahmanas by concentrating your thought on me through anger, you shall return to my presence not long afterwards. Having thus instructed his gatekeepers, the Lord entered his abode, adorned with rows of palaces and possessed of an all-surpassing splendor. As a result of the Brahmana's curse, which was not easy to escape, the two attendants of the Lord, the foremost of the gods, inhabitants of the Kunta, lost their splendor and their pride too was gone even as they were about to fall from the realm of Lord Vishnu. When they actually began to fall from the realm of Lord Vishnu, a loud outcry was raised by the occupants of the principal aerial cars. The two brothers then entered the womb of Didi and remained there for a hundred years. When they were born, all ominous signs appeared. Cows gave blood instead of milk, jackals and wolves howled and there was an atmosphere of fear. The elder son was named Hiranyakashipu and the younger one Hiranyaksha. As the two brothers grew up, they were feared by all beings. Both did penance and secured boons from Lord Brahma and conquered the three worlds. One day Hiranyaksha kidnapped Mother Earth and submerged it inside the ocean. As the globe was submerged, Svayambhuva Manu and his consort Shatarupa were having a private meeting with Lord Brahma as to how the earth be retrieved from the depths of the ocean. As Lord Brahma was thinking about how to rescue Mother Earth, Lord Vishnu incarnated as a boar, Vara, to protect the earth and kill Hiranyaksha. This incarnation came to be known as Varahavatara. The Lord emerged out as a boar from Brahma's nostril and once he was out, 
the Lord assumed a gigantic form and dived into the ocean to rescue the earth from the clutches of Hiranyaksha. As Lord Vishnu was in the ocean to free the earth, Hiranyaksha left for the abode of Lord Varuna, king of oceans, to fight him. However, Lord Varuna declined to fight him saying that he was too old. Lord Varuna told Hiranyaksha to seek out Lord Vishnu and fight him as he was a worthy opponent. At that time, sage Narada arrived on the scene and informed Hiranyaksha of Lord Vishnu's whereabouts. Hearing that Lord Vishnu was rescuing the earth, Hiranyaksha reached the scene where the Lord was rescuing the earth on his tusks. Looking at this, Hiranyaksha threw his mace at the boar. The Lord ignoring Hiranyaksha's challenge to fight him, proceeded to the surface where he placed the earth and gave it the power to start its functioning as soon as possible. After that the boar began battling Hiranyaksha and the battle went on for a long time. As twilight was approaching, Lord Brahma requested Lord Vishnu to make short work of the demon because their power would multiply after dusk. Thus, Lord Vishnu killed Hiranyaksha by piercing his tusks on his chest. Hiranyakshipu was enraged at the death of his brother Hiranyaksha. He declared that he would wipe out Lord Vishnu's devotees all around the world and sent his army to stop the worship of Lord Vishnu. Hiranyakashipu went to Mount Mandara and did severe penance to please Lord Brahma. His penance was so severe that the world began to shake. The gods went and requested Lord Brahma to intervene and grant boons to the demon. Finally, Lord Brahma appeared in front of Hiranyakashipu and told him to ask for any boon. Hiranyakashipu first asked for immortality. When Lord Brahma said that granting immortality was not possible, he asked for a boon in which he said the following things. I, neither should I die during the day nor during the night. 2. Neither should any man nor any animal kill me. 3. Neither should I die in the sky nor on the ground. 4. Neither should I die inside the house nor outside the house. B. Neither should any weapons kill me. In the meantime, when Hiranyakashipu was performing penance, Indra, the king of the Devas, decided to kill the child inside Hiranyakshipu's wife Kayad whose womb as he regarded the child as a potential threat to him. Indra stormed into Hiranyakshipu's capital and kidnapped Kayad who forcibly and was taking her with him to Amaravati, the capital of the gods when sage Narada intervened and requested Indra to release her as the child in her womb was destined to become a great devotee of Lord Vishnu. After blessing the unborn child, Indra left for his abode. Sage Narada took the queen to his hermitage and took care of her. He imparted knowledge on righteousness, and also about the qualities of Lord Vishnu. The child in the womb imbibed all the knowledge that the sage was imparting. The child was named Pralada. By now, Hiranyakashipu had conquered the three worlds when he heard that a son was born to him. When Pralada was of the appropriate age, he was sent to the Guru Kula, school, where he was trained in the demoniac arts and sciences by Shanda and Amarka the sons of Guru Shukracharya. After he had finished school, his teachers took him to the palace. Hiranyakashipu asked him about what he had learned at school. Pralada replied saying that Lord Vishnu was supreme and that one should surrender unto him. On hearing this, Hiranyakashipu laughed at what his child had said and warned the teachers to impart the knowledge carefully and not teach nonsense to the child. Back at the school, Pralada's teachers taught him all the lessons regarding the demoniac way of life. Pralada just repeated the lessons but did not imbibe it because he felt it was falsehood. Once again, Pralada's teachers took him to the court to his father. Once again, Hiranyakashipu asked Pralada what he had learned at the school. To this, Pralada spoke about the importance of devotion and remembering the Lord's names. On hearing this, 
Hiranyakashipu was mad with rage and ordered his courtiers to assassinate Pralada. Pralada's mind was fixated upon the Lord and the sharp weapons could do him no harm. After that, Pralada was fed with poison, but the poison turned into nectar when it reached his mouth. Next, he was thrown into a cobra pit to be bitten by the most venomous snakes. But the snakes couldn't do anything to him due to his devotion to Lord Vishnu. He was thrown from a mountain cliff to be killed. But Lord Vishnu came in mid-air and protected him from death. He was thrown into the ocean. But the sea god brought him back to the shore. He was thrown into a pot of boiling oil. But for him, it became as cool as a bath and no harm came to him. After that, Hiranyakshipu's sister Holika offered to take Pralata with her into the fire as she had a boon that fire could not harm her. When both Pralata and Holika sat in the fire, the heat from Pralata's fixation on the Lord was so powerful that the boon given to Holika became redundant and she died in the fire and Pralata remained unscathed. After that, he was placed in front of a mad elephant which would crush him. The elephant instead of crushing him saluted him and went away. Finally, by the means of a tantric ritual a devil named Kritya was sent to kill Pralata. But the tantric demoness could not harm him and she killed the ones who had brought her to life. After escaping from all attempts unscathed, Hiranyakashipu was tensed. As he was thinking about what was to be done with Pralata, Shanda and Amarka came up with an idea in which they requested Hiranyakashipu to give them a chance to reform Pralata by brainwashing him and using torture tactics to make him learn about the demoniac culture. One day, when the teachers were away, Pralata gathered the students of the school and told them to sing the praises of Lord Vishnu to get freedom from the cycle of life and death. When one of the students asked Pralata where he had learned all this, Pralata replied by saying that he had learned all this when he was in his mother's womb. On hearing this, the children also began singing the praises of Lord Vishnu. When Shanda and Amarka saw this, they immediately reported the matter to Hiran Kashipu. Hiranyakashipu who was fuming with rage sent for Pralata and told him that not even the god of death could save him from being killed by him. On hearing this, Pralata said that Vishnu could only decide whether someone could live or die. On hearing this, Hiranyakashipu asked Pralata, Where is your lord Vishnu? I don't see him in front of me. To this Pralata replied Father, my lord is everywhere, even in the pillar. On hearing this Hiranyakashipu said, Oh is it? Let me also see where your lord Vishnu is and struck the pillar. As he struck the pillar, a gigantic form came out of it which looked like a half-lion and a half-man. Then the figure caught Hiranyakashipu by his hair and pulled him to the doorstep of his house. After that, the figure placed Hiranyakashipu on his lap and the strike of twilight tore the heart of Hiranyakashipu with his nails. The figure was Lord Vishnu who had assumed the form of Narasimha to fulfill Lord Brahma's boon of being neither an animal nor a human. Hiranyakashipu was killed at twilight, which is neither day nor night. He was killed at the doorstep, which is neither inside the house nor outside the house. Hiranyakshipu was killed in the lap of the Lord, which is neither in the sky nor on the ground. And Hiranyakashipu was tore apart by the Lord's nails which was not a weapon at all. After killing Hiranyakashipu, the Lord stood in a rage. On the request of the gods, Pralata went and extolled him which pleased the Lord. He asked of a boon from Pralata. Pralata asked the Lord that his devotion be always with him. The Lord was pleased and asked Pralata to ask for another boon. To this Pralata requested the Lord to forgive his father for the sins he had committed. To this the Lord told Pralata that his father had attained salvation when he was killed by the Lord. The Lord also promised Pralata that he would not kill any of his ancestors for seven generations. After granting him boons, 
the Lord coronated Pralada as king and left for his abode.